Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the CDs Nuts podcast, the podcast where we're nuts about CDs, records, cassette tapes, MIDI disc. I don't even care. I just, if it's music, I love it. My name is Eric, and today I am joined by aspiring sandwich artist and the author of The Truth About My Butt, Ian McKinnon. Yeah, people told me to stop reading uh, passages from my book at the sandwich shop, um, said that yeah. um, they didn't want to hear about a butthole while I made them um, their sandwiches, which, you know, I was a sandwich artist. That's what they called us at Subway. Right. Um, so I was just exercising <laughs> my rights as an artist. It's okay. They weren't ready for it. That's why That's why Quiznos is king. Mm. And, and art really is all about perception, truly. Yeah. Especially when it comes to my butt. <laughs> it's definitely a piece of... It's, it's something... Ian, I have an admission to make to you. Okay. I gave you a piece of false information. Yeah, some false news <sighs> on the last episode. You know, in the you really shouldn't, but okay. In the last in the last episode, I told you that Maloko's Fun for Me had three music videos. Oh. It has four. <laughs> no way. Why? Why do you need four videos? I, I don't know. Two, two of them are distinctly like unique, totally unique, right? Okay. The other two are recuts of, I guess, what they called the MTV version. And at first, I thought it was just someone had like shifted the clips around to make their own cut. But watching it, it has new um, clips in it, so it's a totally unique video of its own. Cool. So there's that. Now. We discussed this, you and I in our private lives. A, a, a podcast like this doesn't really lend itself super well to uh, news, but 
I do have a, a piece of news for this episode. All right. Hang on. Beep, 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 Today in the news. Yeah. So the news for this episode is that Mike Patton, whether it be with Mr. Bungle or Faith No More, he has canceled all upcoming shows due to mental health reasons. So that's a bummer. Yeah, but, you know, you got to get right and... Especially if you're going to be performing and touring, and it's like, it's an exhausting thing touring and like day in and day out and travel and just like getting junk sleep. And if you're not right mentally for that, I mean, you need to get yourself right mentally for all that taxing work that you're going to be doing. I mean, it's fun, yeah, but like the stuff when you're not on stage is exhausting. Mm-hmm. So, oh, for sure. More power to him. And he's been doing it for so long. I, I would hope that fans understand. And and I think that's a real big point to consider right there. He has been doing it for so long. And it's not just one or two bands. It's a, it's a whole record label. It's you name it. And we're going to get into some of that tonight. And in fact, Ian, I want to take you back to the year 1991 on August 13th. Mm, Twin Peaks had just aired on ABC. Is that true? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. Yeah. On August 13th, 1991, Mr. Bungle released their debut album. Now, the first thing that stuck out to me when I was doing my research for this episode was, well, I wanted to ask you, Ian, Mm -hmm. what were you doing at the age of 23? 23? Yeah, musically speaking. I was in a band called Guided by Explosions. Okay. I was working at Outback Steakhouse, and I was raring to go to Bulgaria the following summer, so I was getting ready for that. That was me at age 23. So, Guided by Explosions, um, I've heard some of some of what they did. Uh, I'm so I sorry. Sort of vaguely, well, I was even vaguely involved for at least a week. You were involved when we were called uh, Fast Action Attack, I believe. <laughs> when we were still trying to figure out what the hell we were called, what a fun show! What what did you do? Because uh, we had we had to perform two songs. You pretended like your amp wasn't working because you didn't know any bass lines for that song or something. What was the? What did you do? So so I'm not a hundred percent sure why. I like to think I'm pretty quick on the uptake when it comes to music, but I could not make heads or tails of one of y'all's songs, and I could not make I, I couldn't figure out a bass line for it. So. When it came time during the show, I sort of pantomimed that my rig wasn't working and then just sort of like tried to not be distracting while the rest of you guys actually did something good. Because if I'm not mistaken, there's video of this incident. Um, Oh, no. (laughs) And uh, well, it was embarrassing for me, too, because it was my first time like singing in front of anyone. And so that uh, that was terrifying, and I didn't have an instrument to hide behind. That was back when I was trying to be just a lead vocalist. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had that band had two songs, um, and I just remember you coming up with that plan before we went on that you were going to pretend <laughs> that your amp wasn't working in the second song, and I was like, "All right, what are you gonna?" I was thinking like, "What are you gonna do?" Like once it's like once you've established it's not working, and I don't know. I need to find that video. I'm sure I still have it somewhere. I I just want to watch what you're doing throughout the whole song. So when 
Yeah, so when you find it, um, I'd like you to chuck it directly in the bin because that's, pro- that's probably where it needs to go. Uploading it on YouTube and I'm just zooming in on you throughout the whole thing. Anyways, so the reason I asked you why the reason I asked you what you were doing at twenty three, musically speaking, is because this album came out when Mike Patton, the lead singer, was twenty three. Wow, and yeah, we look like fucking assholes. (laughs) By comparison, right? Like I'm sitting here. Whether you like this or not, you you look at what they have done and what they've accomplished. The 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 type of music that they're making, and it is astonishing like when i was 23 i was a wreck and i couldn't imagine doing anything even close to this and it's imagine how many people at the age of 23 like knew what they were going to do for a living and like were they were actually doing it and like succeeding at it i mean it's such a rare thing and it totally makes sense that mike Patton of all people was doing this because i mean this wasn't this isn't even his first band this is apparently his like the band that like Warner Brothers let him do whatever he wanted, right? Because before this, he had actually had good success. But because before this, he had actually had good success with Faith No More, um, their last album, which I think uh, Epic was on, was a massive success. And so Warner Brothers just kind of gave him run of the place for this particular album. And boy, did they run! And boy, did they run! So let's. Uh, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna lead the charge on this one a little bit. We're gonna talk about uh, maybe none of the songs like real particularly in depth, but just kind of a feel for the album. And I'll start by saying that the feel for the album is a little bit of everything. You know, like. I'm not entirely sure what acid jazz means, but I can definitely say this is like jazz on acid. So that's how that was my takeaway from it is that a hundred percent. If if you uh, if you get too comfortable in any given song, uh, it's going to completely change the genre like right on you. Yeah. And it doesn't and it doesn't and it, and it lets you know that that's going to happen immediately like the first song is 30 seconds of basically silence then it kicks in with this big sort of like circus rock sound and then it gets funky and it just goes all over the place uh this record was actually described by at least one person as one of the most bizarre albums ever released by a major label and i'd say that's probably true yeah you it's like you you gotta wonder how they even got any of this approved it's insane what they do with every single song and this is back in 1991 mind you and then like nobody was doing anything like this this is like you said it was like it starts with like heavy circus music it's um it's like it would make danny elfman blush it's it's insane how um just all over the place every song is but still i mean they have they have cohesion there's you know a theme to every song and You've got to be talented musicians to pull off what they did, so that's off. Well, and I think that's one of the most interesting things about this is because none of it sounds like it's not working. Um, Again, whether or not you like it is, you know, maybe we'll get to that at the end, but... It all it all works. Like these are clearly extremely talented musicians. I was just gonna say he poached like members from all these other bands. So then everybody had already been in in established bands and were already like well known musicians and perfect at their craft. It's almost just like 
they got together and were like, let's see what kind of hot garbage we can make, but have a blast. Because you can tell they were having a blast. Oh, definitely. And it's it's kind of cool, too, because I actually didn't... I've, I've listened to this album for years now, but I didn't know this until I was doing the research for this episode. The writing on it isn't as straightforward as you think. It's not this person writes the music and this person writes just the lyrics. It's this person wrote this entire song and these three people wrote this song together. And it's, you can tell that they're just really experimenting with it, enjoying it, having fun and just getting there and doing it. Well, that really, that really speaks to them all like really understanding the assignment of the album then, because I would have <laughs> yeah. never guessed that like individuals wrote each song. I, I would have assumed that it was kind of an, there was like a composer of of sorts, somebody who kind of like wrote the bones of the songs, and everybody just kind of added on to it. But that that's crazy. That's really cool, right? And and what you've described is very typical. Like for instance, the band that we were in, it was typically typically not always, but typically it was you and I would come up with some sort of music. We would get together as a band, create a a full skeleton for the song, and then. Uh, our friend would put lyrics on top of it. Right. It's funny. It, it it's funny how. Um. Just a quick uh, aside. The crappy band I'm in now. It's it's funny how that that basically has completely shifted for me. I I rarely write like songs or get the song started. It's usually the bass player and the drummer kind of get like the bones of every song, and I just kind of jump on with some guitar, and I I totally. Uh, I shit on their seriousness with my terrible vocals. So, um, no, it's just I, I I always find how different bands write music interesting. Like everybody's got their own way. There's usually, like I said, uh, an underlying guy who just kind of like this is it's really his band. And so I assume that was Mike Patton since he has so many bands. I assumed that this was also just like his brainchild and that he was really good at just writing that stuff. And that was what I thought as well, but this was truly a collaborative effort. And maybe that's true for all of his stuff. I'd be interested in finding out more about that. Oh, speaking of uh, Twin Peaks from earlier, um, there's, I want to say, the second track on the album, on uh, the Mr. Bungle debut album. Yes. (laughs) 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 Um, Get him out while you can. Got it. Okay. Um, there was a song in there and I was like, man, this really reminds me of like Angelo Bad, Bad, Badly Amanti. Boy, I'm going to butcher that guy's last name. The guy who wrote the music for the Twin Peaks show, uh, yep. back in 91. And, um, I, I just remember thinking like, man, this really sounds like the, the synth keys really sound like, um, Twin Peaks. And then I just dipped in my toe into some research about, uh, Mike Patton. I just I literally Googled Mike Patton Twin Peaks and mm-hmm. found and found out that he wrote uh a song for the Twin Peaks movie uh with his band Phantomos. Aha, yes. And so I was like, yeah, that that, that totally makes sense. I get it. And I I have a feeling that, you know, Lynch or whoever had heard each other and were like, we should collaborate. So that that's pretty cool. Anyway, we're not talking about Phantomos though. We're talking about Mr. Bungle. Well, all of that being said, though, there is an interesting little tidbit that actually is even closer related to that than you might think. All throughout the album, there are these little snippets of quotes from Blue Velvet, which was directed by no David way. Lynch. Oh, yep. man, yep. I, I did not catch that. That's crazy. Yeah, it's uh, 
they're 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 just little bits and pieces but yeah they're in there david lynch so the first song is called travolta or quote unquote that's the circus rock we talked about that one uh then we follow that up with slowly growing deaf which has a real cool sort of like i don't know i would call it about i would say it's like a underwater sort of vibe but it moves into rock and it gets weird, which is a thing. I could say that for every song. Yeah, you, so I probably you can won't. say that every song um, about a minute in gets really weird. Absolutely, like they'll they'll make you think that you've got something to hang on to, and then they take it from you like that quick. Now, number three is a, a real crowd favorite: "Squeeze Me Macaroni." Okay, this is the only song I remember from listening to back in the day. Just you know, it's got that <laughs> like that breakdown at the end, and then of course, "Squeeze Me Macaroni." Uh, what what's the next line? Slob your face with my baloney. With my baloney, that's it. Yeah, yeah. You can't really forget that. It's, I mean, it's no secret. It is a song about sex through the lens of food puns. It's fantastic. There, yeah, there you go. Nineteen ninety one, y'all. Uh, number four is Carousel. This one just sounds like a circus song, except for it gets super scary. Oh yeah. Now number, f- and I'm gonna come kind of going through these quick because I I like the sort of free form conversation that we're having about it. So we'll move on to number five, egg. Can you tell me what the song is about? It has to be just about an egg, right? It's, it's a song about an egg, and it is weird. It's fun. Like, no, I like that one a lot. No, it's it's. I enjoy the song as well, particularly from an artistic standpoint, but it's a song about an egg. And when I say, I want to, I want to clarify, if I say something is weird, I mean, it's weird for this album. <laughs> yeah. Cause the whole album is weird. Yeah. Just assume, just assume at some point in every song, every song we're going to say, and then it gets weird. And then it gets weird. We can't, um, we can't, uh, possibly recommend this album enough though. So do check it out. No, I I, I want to yeah. Um, spoiler alert! I love this album. It's, I think it's great. Yeah, a lot it's of fun. Very clearly, again, I, I know I said this before, but it is very clearly made by people who are experts in their craft. Now, the next song is a particular favorite of mine. It is a sad song about a dog called Stub a Dub. Hmm. It starts with the lines, "Do you remember when we called you puppy?" Now you're one of us, and we call you family. And then it kind of goes on, and it it's basically a guy just talking about his dog. But then it ends with the lines, Do you remember when he called you family? Now you're underground, and we call you memory. And I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> Like, it gets me every time. Like, it's super wacky, so it's really hard to miss what the song is about. But it's actually a really kind of yeah. touching f- song, Uh as weird as it is. <laughs> That's a good one. I recommend that one. Um, and then, of course, I think this is probably, for people who know this album, it's probably one of everyone's favorite, My Ass is on Fire. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, fun times. And now they, well, you, they, you say it's fun, but he lets you know right away, it's not funny, My <laughs> Ass is on Fire. He says it in the song. Yeah, I know. <laughs> if, if, there's, if there's a subject matter you're interested in, it's probably in here somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. You'll find it. The next song is The Girls of Porn. Great music. Lyrics, kind of gross, but... You know what it's about by song alone, by song title. Now, swinging over from The Girls of Porn, and I think this probably sort of fits the whole motif here. The next song is Love is a Fist. I think it kind of fits the Girls of Porn motif where it's it's 
not really about a great relationship, and actually, it's probably one of my least favorite songs on the whole album. Yeah, it it's uh, I never once really paid attention to the lyrics, but from the sound of it, pretty problematic. Yeah, not great. I don't think that they're for it, obviously, but you know, it's also not something I want to listen to. Yeah, and then we get to the final track, "Dead Goon." Now, the song is ten minutes long. Yep. But it's really good. Yeah, no, it's. I think it's, I feel like they they definitely closed on their best track. Yeah, it's 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 so well put together. You don't realize that it's ten minutes long. I really didn't. It wasn't until like I want to say the last um, two minutes that I realized what was happening. I was like, oh, I I thought I was listening to two different songs at one point, but then they come, yeah, right? they come back to it, and I'm like, oh, it's still this song, badass. So it was good. I like it. No, it's it's really really good, and and that's it. It's it's ten, it's ten tracks. It's like seventy six minutes long. So it's uh, track length, short album wise, kind of longer. But my my uh, review, if I had to give it a score, I'd say it's really good. Yeah, on a scale of uh, one to ten, it's good. It's good, and if you haven't heard of Mr. Bungle, which I would say is, you know, it's possible. Definitely give it a look. Um, there's another album called Mr. California, which we will definitely be talking about sometime. Oh yeah. California is definitely Mr. Bungle's, uh, greatest album in my opinion, but you know, we're going to talk about that eventually, but you had to start with a little bit of like who Mr. Bungle is and like what it is and who's in it kind of thing. Right, and I think when you see the progression of their sound, it's it's truly fascinating, and I th- I do think it's worth about talking about all of them. There was their self-titled one, which is what we're talking about now. Then they had Disco Volante, which is whew, that's an experiment in sound, is the best way to describe that yeah, one. Absolutely. And California, and then they had they just released another one recently, this if I'm not year. mistaken, called. Yeah, the raging wrath of the Easter Bunny. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about that one too at some point. But it's suffice like, it to say, it's his heaviest for sure for Mr. Bungle anyway. Definitely one of their heaviest, and I'll just say this about it: California is great. <laughs> California is definitely the best. No, this, I, yeah, we'll talk about it. But I mean, suffice it to say, it's it's definitely not as Mr. Bungle as the rest of the albums. Sure, it's 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 more straightforward. Almost, yeah, it's much more of a straightforward. I'd almost call it like punk record. Yeah, but hey, um, well, I, I did want to yeah. discuss. You know, we've talked about how insane and like bizarre it was for this to come out in 1991. I just wanted to list a couple of songs that came out in 1991. Sure, just to kind of give people an idea of what was actually being played versus like what they were creating and putting out for people to enjoy. Uh, so we're talking like your radio jams. Yeah. So this is the kind of stuff that came out in 91 because I was like, I, I I, need some something to compare it to. Point of reference. Exactly. I needed a point of reference. And so I'm, uh, here's one. Uh, something to Talk About by Bonnie Raitt. So. That came out. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Um, Power of Love by Luther Vandross was a was another big one. Um, I'm looking wow. for like the big hits. Uh, 
The Promise of a New Day by Paula Abdul. Inner Sandman by Metallica came out that year. Summertime. Wow. Okay. Summertime by Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. <laughs> Summertime. Yeah. Imagine that coming out and then listening to, oh, When a Man Loves a Woman by Michael Bolton. Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Motown Philly by Boys to Men. Like, there were some, like, legit hits in 91, um, but nothing nothing compared to what Mr. Bungle's debut album was. So so this is crazy to think about in context, because when you go and listen to those songs, or if you were like me, like you, alive in that time, this album, Mr. Bungle's debut album, feels new in yeah. a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It feels... It doesn't feel like it's from that era. Like, I don't listen to it and say, ah, that guy's in his early 20s in 1990. Right. Exactly. It's, it's like, as bizarre as it is and quite silly, um, the, mu- the, the way the music is played and, and its structure is entirely mature. And you can tell that the musicians really knew what they were doing. They were just having a blast. I, it's it's one of those things where you're like, and, and I don't know this for sure, but like there's songs that come out now where I'm like, oh yeah, that guy went to Berkeley. You know what I'm talking about? Sure, like, sure. You can just you can just tell when someone is from a certain school nowadays, and 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 to me this this gives me vibes that they had gone to like some jazz school or something like that, you know? Right, or at least somebody in their band was like, no, let's do this instead, and like completely flipped anything that they came up with it's just it's crazy so definitely now they give it a listen i want to take you to a little section of this show that i like to call what what are you listening to what's that in your ear oh what am i listening to like what have i been listening to lately well i mean this is a question for anyone so if you're out there and you want to let us know what you're listening to you can hit us up at cdsnutspod at gmail.com. Let us know what you're listening to. In the meantime, Ian, what are you listening to? I don't know if I should tell the long story or try and break it down to a, a shorter story, but um, <laughs> I started collecting uh, vinyls last, like during the pandemic, like when it started, the pandemic mm-hmm. 1.0. Um, yes. So last May, um, I ordered a record player. And uh, I started slowly building my collection, kind of doing like a, well, when I first started, let's be honest, I was doing like a record a week or two records a week until I was like, ooh, that's going to get expensive. So I started kind of just yeah. building it slowly, um, kind of treating myself every once in a while to a new vinyl. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but there was one I had my eye on um, when I first started collecting, but has been damn near impossible to get because they don't make the record anymore or anything mm-hmm. anymore and it was the teen wolf soundtrack ah, on vinyl yes. and uh everywhere i looked was charging two to three hundred dollars because it's an original Ooh. pressing from 1985 so it's like right well i guess that's just you know something I can i can put on my you know pipe dream list or you know if we come into like some good money and tax returns maybe i'll get it or something well somehow <laughs> right I, I check maybe once a week just like online, and I somehow found I want to say on Discogs, um, a dude was selling his German pressing for mm-hmm. for fifty bucks, and so like, I, and I, I'm telling you, I check like all the time. So like, it, 
it looked like it had been listed for like two days and I immediately snatched it up. So Yeah, right. It came in earlier than I thought it was going to. And uh I've been like listening to that pretty much nonstop's what I've been listening to. It's a fascinating soundtrack. Awesome. In fact, I'd like to do an entire episode on it if I could, or half of an episode. That's that's awesome. And I, I know that you, you actually told me before you've been looking for that. And so I thought, you know, I'll, I'll see if I can do a little snoop and see if I can find it for him. Well, and I looked at the prices and I said, you're on your own, buddy. Yeah, yeah no. So. And, and I appreciate you you uh, you trying the legwork. No, I feel like there's there's been three records that I wanted since I started getting a record player. And I have them all at this point. So now everything yeah. else is like icing on the cake. Now I'm just having fun. Before it was like, I that's want awesome. this. I want it bad. Now I have it. Now I'm just having fun. But like since you know I did spend the money on it, and I have been searching for a while, um, it's basically been on my rotation, kind of nonstop when I'm just like by myself chilling or doing anything around the house. What are you listening to? What I'm listening to. Um, I also have a vinyl related story. Um, I bought my record player not too long ago, maybe just a couple of months ago, and. Uh, I sort of bought it on a whim because my wife was gifted a record. And I said, well, we should get a record player to listen to that, you know, find a relatively cheap one, which we did. And In fact, uh, off of your recommendation, we got that um, Audio-Technica one. Hell yeah, the one with the Bluetooth out. Yep, yep. And so that's the one I've been rocking. And um, I also have some, like, grail pieces, kind of like you're talking about. And I was at the local record store, Josie Records in Dallas, and I was doing a little bit of crate digging in their uh, collectible section, and I found Mondo Kane by Mike Patton. Oh. Now, if you don't know what that one is, that is Mike Patton and an orchestra in Italy doing covers of classic Italian cover songs in Italian. Whoa, that's the most obscure thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I now, it, it's super obscure, right? But the only way I know about it is, of course, Mike Patton, which we've been talking about this whole episode. And so I found, I found a 2016 reissue... Uh, unopened in their in their collectible section, snatch that up. So that's that's what I've been spinning. Hell yeah, as they say. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's like a, like a banger for the car, but if if you like good music and talented people, it's definitely worth listening to. Oh yeah. And then as far as uh, the Teen Wolf soundtrack, the only way you can listen to it is on YouTube. Ah. Uh. Uh, you can't get it on iTunes or Spotify or anything like that because it's all licensed by Warner Brothers Music and all the music except for the Beach Boys Surfing USA was all written for the movie. <laughs> like every song was written oh, wow. for the movie. So it's not just like, wow. it's not just the original score, which I believe there are only two songs that are at the end of the album that are for the original score. All the other songs are like radio hits, but they were written for the movie. Huh. I did not know that. Yeah, and then like they even create. Um, I, we can talk about it another episode. It won't be a full episode, but I, I do have some fun facts about that record. Well, we'll definitely get to that. And in the meantime, we'll hear from Chris Harkey from the line at Target, who let me know he was listening to a group called Backwards with a Z. Uh, they, he says, are one of the best to do rap metal, and he says the lyrics 
give a libertarian perspective that's not often heard from in media, praising uh, praising liberty and individualism with a little more thought than one might expect. So Chris Harkey, listening to Backwards, give that a listen to. So Ian, it's it's been fun, but I think it's time we move on now to a little section called We're Gonna Wrap This Up and Get Out of Here. Oh, I like that section. Yeah, it's, you know, it's bittersweet, right? It means we've probably done a fairly good episode but it it means that the episode's done and i feel like we've grown by the end of every episode and that's what really matters i learn something every time and i hope that i can say the same for all of you Mm, we love you now ian if i put you on the spot would you be able to rattle off our socials probably not yeah you can uh, check out all our socials at at cds nuts pod that's right so instagram google that's a social thing (laughs) <laughs> sure and if if you want to be like the master chris harkey and ian over here letting us know what you're listening to make sure you email us at cdsnutspod at gmail.com or go to cdsnutspod.com our swanky new website and let us know what you think there yeah and or you know drop us a line in on, on facebook we got a facebook page so there's a facebook maybe we'll get on the um the TikTok and do a sweet dance. I haven't, you know. I don't know if they're doing dances anymore. It's all about challenges. Oh, well, then I challenge you all to get on the TikTok and then go to Instagram and let us know what you think. Yeah, get on TikTok uh, and then get on Instagram <laughs> and show us that you did it on TikTok. It's it's a complicated set of maneuvers, but you will feel better about yourself once you've once you've accomplished that. So I'm going to do what I do at the end of every episode and say thank you all for listening. And Ian? That's the way the the CDs, vinyls, and tapes we we like. We're spinning it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'll be CDing you. Hey. That's the one. All right. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) That's You can't say bye at the end of a podcast. (laughs) You just did. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.